When life gets hard, does what we think we believe hold us up, or does it crumble under the weight of doubt? I'm your host, Dr. Lee Warren. I'm a brain surgeon, author, and a person who's seen some stuff and wondered where God is in all this mess. This is the Spiritual Brain Surgery Podcast, where we'll take a hard look at what we believe, why we believe it, and the neuroscience behind how our minds and our brains can smash together with faith to help us become healthier, feel better, and be happier so we can find the hope to withstand anything life throws at us. You've got questions, and we're going to do the hard work to find the answers. But you can't change your life until you change your mind, and it's going to take some spiritual brain surgery to get it done. So let's get after it. Well, friend, we're back, and I am so excited. I'm <laughs> sitting on the banks of the North Platte River with my main man, Dennis McDonald. How you doing, Dad? I am well, thank you. It's been uh, since right before Christmas time since we did this. Yes, yes, we went to... <laughs> I just I just swapped the wind for the cedar pollen when I went to That's Texas. That's right. Well, you're back. You're back in Nebraska, and that means it can only mean one thing. Yeah. It's Tuesdays with Tata. Uh, We're starting yes. all over again. Yeah. Yes. And I just want to introduce Tuesdays with Tata because this is going to air on the new Spiritual Brain Surgery podcast, which has really got a life of its own now. And we're going to bring back all of the old Tuesdays with Tata episodes over time as an archive by subject matter for the paid subscribers. So that's going to be a new bonus for the paid subscribers, well, all that old content. We did uh, over 80 episodes of Tuesdays with Tata. And today, since we're back on the Spiritual Brain Surgery podcast and the very first episode of Tuesdays with Tata in the new year, I thought it would be appropriate to reintroduce you. Thank you. Who you are and why we call you Tata and, <laughs> and your, your journey of years of experience as a pastor and chaplain and a person with a flat kneecap from praying. And I just thought it would be a good idea to introduce the, the world to Tuesdays with Tata and who Tata is, again, since it's been a bit since we did an episode like that. So before we start, Tata, would you just maybe say a word of prayer for us? Absolutely. Oh, Father, we, we thank you for this day that you have made, and we rejoice in it. We thank you for all of our blessings, but we thank you for our food, clothing, and shelter. Father, we're blessed in abundance. We have more than we need. We are blessed and highly favored. We're, we are blessed beyond measure. And Father, we thank you for being mindful of us, watching over us, protecting us from harm, especially the little ones. But most of all, Father, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to die for us. So we thank you for this time together, and we ask one thing only, Father, that you put your words on our heart, you put your words on our lips for your glory, and we ask it in Jesus' precious name, your Son and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tata. <clears throat> so before we get started, so your name is Dennis McDonald, but everybody calls you Tata. Yes. <laughs> Why do people call you Tata? Well, it started with, uh, our, with my grandson, Joshua, uh, Lisa's son and your son. He, 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 I, and here again, I, I don't know that I even had a choice. <laughs> and I think that I think somewhere that, that it was supposed to be Papa when after he was born and had a language, but it came out Tata. Yep. And that stuck. That's right. Yeah. It's been it's been that way for all my as long as I can remember. The thing about Tata is, friend, is if you meet him, even if you just meet him virtually. Uh, before long, he becomes a father figure, a, a trusted guide, and everybody we know, like, literally everybody we know, 
calls you Tata. Yes. And they called your wife, my dear mother-in-law, Patty, they called her Nanny. Yes. So it was like the guy at the, at the oil change place calls him Nanny and Tata. <laughs> yeah, and the right. kid that fixes the computer and the lady that delivers the, the groceries, everybody calls you Nanny and Tata. <laughs> yeah. So I think just for a second, like talk about that, that <clears throat> character that you and Nanny had, Miss Patty had, of sort of bringing people into your world and, and getting their guards down and, and loving on them. How'd that come about? I, I, I don't know that we had a plan. I, I think that's just the way we were. Um, uh, as long as I can remember, uh, that, that seems like that we, we had a lot of people in our house. I remember one time when we lived in Liberty, Missouri, and, and we had a snowstorm, an ice storm, that, that we had several people for Thanksgiving dinner, and they spent the night. And it, that's just the way it was. Yeah. Uh, we, we, I, and I don't think... Either one of us ever met a stranger. That's right. Patty Sue did not meet a stranger. When, when, when she, even the greeters at Walmart, they, <laughs> they knew who she was. Yeah, they did. And she always said one thing, God bless your day. That's right. And you've carried that on. Amen. You've carried that on. Everybody Amen. that meets you gets to hear that. I hear it every morning when, <laughs> you, when we part ways. You say, God bless your day. So I just, I want to give... The, the listener, a little background in our relationship. Now, Dennis is the father of Lisa and Jessica and James and Rebecca, but Lisa and Jessica still living with us. And Lisa, I mean, still among us as living people. Um, Lisa is my wife. That makes you my father-in-law. But you and I had a friendship and a relationship long before I knew Lisa. Yeah, we did. And we came together. I'll tell my side of the story, and you can tell yours. But I was working as a neurosurgeon at Wilford Hall Medical Center in, in San Antonio. And after 9-11, me being on active duty, um, it became really hard for the civilian chaplains and pastors from local churches to come and visit their sick people on base. And at the time, you were working as a pastoral care ministry yeah. minister at Oak Hills Church with Max Licato as the pastor. And that was part of your job, right? To go yes. to the hospitals? Yes. Yeah. What did you do there? Well, I, was, I saw a lot of people, and many, most of them I saw pre-surgery. Yeah. And uh, it, it was, uh, it was in, the, in San Antonio, there were several hospitals. Uh, two military hospitals, and I don't recall now how many civilian hospitals, but uh, myself and one other guy, we visited patients in every one of those hospitals. Uh, the hardest part was uh, in the NICU, in the neonatal intensive care uh, meeting with the, and some of the people that, that I came, became, I knew, I knew I met their children before I met them, and I met yeah. them in the, in the, in the NICU. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of stories that I could tell about that be, in, in the, in, being in the NICU. Yeah. But, uh, and it was so interested, interesting because in Methodist, Maine, uh, in the, even in the recovery room, uh, the, the nurse that ran that recovery room, they called her a, a Mary, a Mother Superior. Yeah. And, she, <laughs> and she finally invited me in. And she said, what are you doing sitting out here? And so when people were in recover, coming, recovering from surgery, I, I had privileges in the recovery room. Wow. And so that was, uh, that was astounding to me that, 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 uh, that I was admitted into that. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm still a little, little hoarse. The, uh, the, the, the cedar pollen affected t- t- 
my, uh, had itchy eyes and a runny yeah. nose. That's, and we've all uh, been a little sick the last yeah, few days. Yeah, too, so, so it, it, I have a little have a little raspiness in my voice still, but it was. Uh, and then, addition to that, I, was, I officiated uh, several funerals and also some weddings. But uh, my work be, that then that's what my work finally just became totally was working right. among people that were in, in, in those kind of situations. So it was your love for people that led you to that work, but that was not your, your original profession. I mean, you had many years of work history yes. before you came to yep. Oak Hills Church. Yes, well, I, I was, I, we worked for Montgomery Ward for a time, and, and then I was on loan to Mobile Oil Company. And then that's when it became apparent that, that, that that's where I should be, because uh, one of the first, Encounters that I had was uh, we got a call from uh, I, I'm trying to think of the name of the company maybe it was Tech, maybe it was Exxon or maybe it was Conoco one of their pilots had been murdered in Africa and and his wife worked for Montgomery Ward so I had to find her and and I delivered the death message uh, and then after that uh, several other instances uh, there was an inspector that was killed on a dam project and I delivered a death message to then. And so that became, and I, and I cannot tell you uh, what caused me to be able to do that. Yeah. I often wondered about that. I said, Lord, what, why, who, because, did you send me? Because I said, send me, I will go. I don't know. But anyway, uh, but anyway I did go through a lot of training before. And, and my mentor was an Air Force chaplain, Mavis Baldwin. You probably knew him when you were in yeah. Wilford Hall. Uh, and so I was, and I was mentored by him, and also the, ch- the chaplains in the Methodist, the Methodist hospital system. And then I went to school in Austin. But the, it, it, I don't know how I've been able to do that uh, work with with the intensity. It's a very intense process. It is. Uh, I think it's that old that old adage that God doesn't call the equipped, he equipped the called. That's he correct. He called you to that work and That's gave right. you the tools to do That's it. That's right. And I think in coming, in coming months, I think we'll cover some of the backstory here that we won't get to today. That the, You and I both have the, the sadness of being bereaved parents. You've done that twice. Uh, we'll, we both have a military history. And all these things that built our relationship as commonalities, I think. And, and your faith story, I think, will be a whole other episode to, to to maybe talk about your relationship with the Lord over time. But just to, just to get us to where we came together, I want to say after 9-11, I received an email from the church that basically said, if there's any doctors or any people who work on the base at Lackland Air Force Base who, could, who would be willing to pray with some patients while the chaplains can't get on base... Mm-hmm. We appreciate that. So I signed up, and I started getting an assignment from you, an email that would say, yeah, yeah. I hadn't met you at the time. Right. It would say, so-and-so's in bed, whatever, and he's got multiple myeloma. Can you go visit him and pray with him? And, and I did that. And then after the, the sort of prohibition of y'all coming on base was lifted, you said, why don't we go see these folks together? And, yeah. and, and so we, we started did. doing that. And... Um, I remember sitting at the bedside of a man as he got ready to pass. Um, John Petrie was yes, his name. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I, he's been gone a long time. That's why I can say his name. But 
um, that's the, the first time we got together and prayed was yes. around his bedside. And, yes. um, that forged our relationship was, was built on the word and built on prayer yes. and built on showing up when people were having hard times. Yes. Yes. And I, and I recall, uh, and I, I will never forget this, I guess, but, uh, when you first got orders to go to Iraq, mm-hmm. I asked you, well, where are you going to stay? And you said, well, I guess I'll stay in the BOQ, the Bachelor's Officer's Quarters. When I got home, yeah. And I said, no, you can come to our house and stay. You can have your own room. I said, wait, let me call Patty. (laughs) That's right. I ended up, after I got home from Iraq, I had, um, there's a lot lot to that story that we'll get to. But I had about six weeks in San Antonio by myself after I got home before I was going to be out of the Air Force. And I stayed with you and Patty. And I remember some of those early days after coming home from the war when I was having nightmares and basically couldn't sleep. And I'd get up at one o'clock in the morning and sit on your couch. And inevitably, Patty must have heard me. She would come out and sit with me. Yeah. <laughs> and there were many mornings from one, two o'clock in the morning that Patty would just sit there and hold my hand and we'd watch Sports Center or something. Yeah, and talk. Yeah, and I, you, I, can, I can remember those times. See, you, see you, and, you and her watching ESPN. <laughs> That's right. Just trying to figure out how my brain was supposed to work again after some of the things I'd seen and had gone through. So I think that that's another conversation for another day as well. But I also remember, so at the same time, we're praying together at the hospital and I'm playing in the band, in the worship band at Oak Hills, which is ultimately where I met Lisa. Um, and I remember you would, you kind of had a side ministry to the musicians. You always <laughs> would show up early and, and yeah. minister yeah. to us and pray yeah. with us. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fact is, uh, well, when, when, when we first moved out to Crown Ridge, Oak Hills did, from uh, Fredericksburg Avenue, uh, we, had, we had two Saturday night services and then three services on Sunday, and I attended every one of them. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, and we talked about this once before, uh, the drummer, uh, his name was Mohan. That's Mohan, all I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. He, he told me, he said, now, you have to understand who I am. He said, my father is Japanese and my mother is Czechoslovakian Catholic. He said, now you understand why I'm all screwed up. <laughs> and so, so we talked and we, we had several conversations. And finally one night he said, I want to be baptized. And I said, let's do it right now. Okay. <laughs> that's right. So that's what we did. Incredible. Mm. So that yeah, was, you always came and ministered and checked on us, prayed with us before the service. <clears throat> uh, helped me roll up cables after the service. I remember all that. And there was one night, I think this is really when we became more than colleagues and actually friends, is there was a, a patient at the hospital that died after I'd operated on him. He had an incurable brain cancer and hit me really hard. And it was a Wednesday afternoon, and we had a service on Wednesday night. And I, got, I didn't have time to go home. I had to, to leave the hospital and just in time to get to church. But I ended up 15 or 20 minutes early. And I went into the sanctuary, there was nobody there yet, and I was sitting there and I was actually praying and, and I was weeping over losing this patient. And I just felt this presence beside me, and it was you. You came and saw me there, you saw my posture probably, and put your arm around me, and, and we just sat there and prayed and talked for a long time. And, and I remember that being one of the yeah, moments that yeah. connected us. Yes, that was a special time together. It was. Because, and, and I can't, I, I, to this day, I can't even tell you how, how I got there and how I, how, I, how that moment occurred, only because of him. Yep. Uh, but I recall you, you, you said that the, 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 the family, you had told the family 
uh, he had told him not to do the surgery. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, and uh, the main thing that you were praying about was that the family would not hold you accountable for his death. And the next morning you met with them, and they, the, that was the first words out of their mouth. Right. I told that story, and I've seen the interview of his disease had, was basically his entire brain had turned to cancer, and he died. And, and uh, the family said that he had written them a letter before he had surgery that said if, he had, if it turned out to be incurable cancer, he hoped that he would die even before he knew that. And, mm. and so the family saw that whole situation as his prayers being answered so he didn't have to go through the, the breaking down of his body and all yes. the things that were going to inevitably <clears throat> happen. And the pathologist said he probably only had a few weeks to yep. live at the time we made the diagnosis. So that was a, a really a connecting moment for us. And then eventually we became family when I married Lisa years later. And, and so we've had a long walk together, and we've covered a lot of ground together. Yes, we have. And you were one of the people that held me up when my son died. And, and, um, and so that, that's kind of the background on who Tata is and how we're connected. And one thing I want to do today, Tata, is I want you to give us a vision for what you hope people get out of these episodes. Well, what I, what I, what I hope is, and, and one of the things that I, that, that I want to say, first of all, and I, and I say it often, that I need an need a explanation rather than an introduction. But, uh, but I want you to know that I am a sinner saved by grace. Mm-hmm. And I know people say, when people say that, what does that mean? Well, what it means to me is that God so loved us that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to die for us. Amen. And through, his death on, through Jesus' death on the cross, God redeemed us, brought us back from sin, when we have no hope. Yeah. And now we have assurance of a home with him through the blood of Jesus. We have forgiveness of our sins. That's the so that, and that, that's where, that's what I, that's what, how I live. Uh, and because I know that there's nothing that I can do. God himself said, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's right. But then Apostle Paul said that through, now through Jesus Christ, we can do all things. Because he came that's right. Became us so we could become like him. Amen. And so that's where I am. But what, what I hope is that people, will, when they hear us talking about these things, and, and, and I, I still, I want you to know, I still learn. Every time I hear one of your podcasts <laughs> and every time I read your newsletter on Sunday morning, I learn. Because one of the things that we have to do is that we can't ever stop. Right. And someone likened it to a tomato. It's green, and then it becomes, it, gets, it ripens, and then if it stays there, what happens to it? Right. That's right. So you have to keep your mind active, and you have to keep thinking and reading and understanding. And that's what I do, is I ask God, help me understand. And so that's what I, what I, what I my vision of this is, what I see is that hopefully that people will have an understanding of what their relationship needs to be with God. Yeah. He said, we know he's our Heavenly Father. Jesus called him Father. And Jesus is our brother. Because we're heirs of God, and we're co-heirs with Jesus Christ. And so we've been adopted into God's family. And that, that to me, is a very special relationship. We were not born into his family. I'm not Jewish by... My heritage, 
Yeah. Uh, and as I think about that, and I look, I look at, and, and I look at the times that, you know, you mentioned Rebecca and James. Uh, Rebecca died right after she was born, and James was killed when he was 24, and and, and then Patty has since passed away as well. So I I, I look at those things. Uh, th- th- those events in my life as gifts from him mm. because he taught me in that. And the only reason I asked him, the only reason that he did is I asked him for help. Yeah. I couldn't do it on my own. I, it, it, I, I can remember when, when Patty was in the hospital and Rebecca was born, I got three days, the Army gave me three days off. Oh, wow. Through the Red Cross. Wow. To be with my wife and bury my daughter, oh. bury, bury our daughter. So all of that, and all of that I learned also that it, and, and finally, I, I, it finally came clear to me right after James was killed that uh, Patty dug me out of a closet one morning about three o'clock that I said, okay, God, I get it. It's your plan. It's your watch. Have your way with me. And it took that to wake me up, because the way I grew up, I knew a lot about God, but I did not know him. And that's the whole point that we, we hope that people, the message that people will get. Get to know him. Get to know him. Right, that's what we're going to do. I think these episodes, they, they tend to play out. We, we don't usually script these, by the way. We don't really script them. The, they, they come about in, in a variety of different ways. The, the most common one is Tata just has something on his heart that the Lord has laid on his heart and he'll research and study it and sometimes give me some heads up and sometimes not. <laughs> and then we just talk about it. And, and most of the interaction is, is truly off the cuff. He'll say something and I'll look something up and we'll just have a conversation about the text or the scripture or the idea that we're talking about. Another one that's fun, I don't know if Tata thinks it's fun, but I'll find some bizarre scripture and I'll throw it at him and he'll make an episode out of it. A couple of years ago, we did one about the great speckled bird that shows up in prophecy. And we did one about Paul's weird statement about being saved to the uttermost. And we did uh, the one about uh, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set Set on on edge. edge. So we did some strange episodes like that. And just taking something out of Scripture and, and letting Tata sort of riff on it and exegete it a little bit. And so we do those episodes. We also are going to do some that you can inspire. So if you have a question or a biblical concept or a conundrum or something that you're having a hard time with in your life, you can send us an email, and we'll pick some of those and make episodes out of them. So, yes, so send can. us an email, lee at drleewarren.com, lee at drleewarren.com. And if it's specifically for Tata, you can email him, Dennis McDonald one the number one, dennismcdonald1 at gmail.com. And you can ask us questions or give us ideas for episodes. You can even leave a voicemail if you want to have your voice show up on the podcast. Sometimes we'll use those voicemails and put them actually in the episodes. So speakpipe.com slash drleewarren, speakpipe.com slash drleewarren if you want to leave a voicemail with a question for me or Tata and ideas for upcoming episodes. And then I think sometimes, too, we just we get an email from the prayer wall yes. or something's going on in the yes. world that we need to comment on, and, and, we, and we'll make episodes out of those. So sometimes it's current events, prayer requests, user or listener ideas, 
And sometimes it's uh, my weird brain trying to noodle something out, and sometimes it's Tata's heart. (laughs) And so that's really where these episodes will come from. But they're all aimed at Tata's mission of helping people know God and not just know about Him. That's right. So I think they'll complement Theology Thursdays and other episodes on the Spiritual Brain Surgery Podcast. They'll complement this overarching mission of trying to know what we believe, why we believe it, how to defend it, and what science and faith have to say about it on both sides of that question. And so Tuesdays with Tata hopefully will be your favorite part of the week. It's certainly mine. And we're going to do these frequently. And then we'll be bringing the old stuff back in context with archives for paid subscribers. And and we hope they're helpful to you. And Tata, what, um, what do you think the most important thing, if there's one thing that somebody could know today that's listening right there, they're hurting and they're going through something hard, there's one thing that you could tell them, what would it be? Well, the, the, the thing that, that, I, that I live with and rely on is I ask God, help me please. I can't do it myself. That's right. And so what, what that says is trust. And, and yes, it's, it speaks to hope. And, 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 and yes, I understand. It's easy to do? No. Because we, we, have a, we have a tendency to be self-reliant. That's right. We have a tendency to be uh, equip, equipped our, to do it ourselves. And I, I, once upon a time, I believed that too. Uh, my mantra, and you can ask Lisa and Jessica today what their mantra was when they were little. I can do it. I can it. do it. <laughs> and, Not just and, when they're little. They still have that. Yeah. I can do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway... So, but but that and that's what you know, and Jessica said it to me not one too long ago. She said, "I'm so glad you taught me." She said, "I don't have to. No man can tell me what to do." <laughs> that's right. She doesn't need that. That's right. I said, Jessica, that's not entirely true it's because entirely true. you will always have a boss. That's right. And so everybody has a boss. I have a boss. You have a boss. Yeah. Everybody has a boss. But one of the things that, 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 I, that I would hope that people would hang on to is that you can count on God. That's right. You can rely on Him. You, you can trust Him. Right. You can give yourself to Him. And you can own that relationship. Right. You can own that relationship with Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is ask. What is our work? To believe. That's right. To believe. That's right. Well, if we're going to make that decision, Tata, if we're going to decide to trust and not try to do it all ourselves and to believe, when should we start? Today. Start today. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren Podcast is brought to you by my brand new book, Hope is the First Dose. It's a treatment plan for recovering from trauma, tragedy, and other massive things. It's available everywhere books are sold, and I narrated the audiobooks. Hey, the theme music for the show is Get Up by my friend Tommy Walker, available for free at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. They are supplying worship resources for worshipers all over the world to worship the Most High God. And if you're interested in learning Learning more, check out TommyWalkerMinistries.org. If you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer, WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer, and go to my website and sign up for the newsletter, Self-Brain Surgery, every Sunday. So 
since 2014, helping people in all 50 states and 60-plus countries around the world. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'll talk to you soon. Remember, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. 